Hey everybody, Ryan Lake here, and welcome to Beyond the Playbook Podcast, Episode 3. Today we're talking with Ben Robinson, the founder of Blue Line Sports Management. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Beyond the Playbook Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes can be found at beyondplaybook.com. Please come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Beyond Playbook. Uh, We are also on Facebook and Instagram as well. All links discussed today in our show will be added onto our show notes page, which will be available at beyondplaybook.com. Today, we will be having a discussion with uh, Ben Robinson, the founder of Blue Line Sports Management, which is a full-service sports agency focused on hockey players. So without any further ado, let's get into the show, and I hope you enjoy. All right, and welcome to Beyond the Playbook uh, podcast. Today we have uh, Ben Robinson with us, who's the founder and CEO of Blue Line Sports Management. Uh, and Ben is a professional hockey family advisor and agent. Um, ben and I have gone, uh, we go way back and we're really good friends, so I'm really happy to have Ben with us today. Uh, so thanks for being here, Ben. Oh, absolutely, Ryan. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity to get on here. Well, absolutely, and I think you're going to have some uh, invaluable insights for our audience on uh, the different issues that face hockey players and uh, athletes looking to go the NCAA route or to go a uh, professional route, for sure. Um, so to start, I would love to just have you introduce yourself a little bit and uh, tell us a little bit about what your your job and your role at Blue Line is all about. Yeah, absolutely. So our job here is, and my job is twofold. It's uh, Blue Line Sports Management is a boutique-style firm here based in, in Denver, Colorado. And um, we we primarily are, are hockey agents for professional hockey players, and then we also are family advisors for for college hockey players and players looking to go the NCAA route. Um, being that it's twofold, there, I think um, the college route is, is definitely a primary focus of ours. Just being that a lot of guys can go, they can go get their education, and then once they're done playing, they have that education to fall back on, and and it allows them to be successful in whatever it might be, you know, after their life is done with hockey. Um, but we also we represent players in a as a professional um, agency type role, and and that's for the National Hockey League, the American Hockey League, East Coast Hockey League. And then we also help with players looking to prolong their career where they might not have an opportunity in those leagues. So we help them uh, with placement overseas and getting them a professional opportunity uh, away from, from North America that, that might be beneficial for them. So it definitely sounds like a busy time of year of a, a lot of hockey leagues uh, wrapping up and having their championships. I'm sure that you have a lot going on helping kids uh, find where they're going to play next year and, um, so tell us a little bit about what you took your t- what you took time out of your day to join us. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, now is the busiest time of year for us, just being that a lot of seasons are coming to an end, and players are wondering, um, you know, what they're going to be doing next season. And uh, so we're kind of looking ahead and planning ahead, and trying to find options for next year and, and get them on the right development path. Um, right now. We just got a lot of phone calls kind of going back and forth between uh, NCAA schools and coaches, um, general managers across different leagues, and just trying to place players uh, in the right path that, that, that's the best fit for them. Uh, I've just got a couple calls going back and forth right now. I'm working with some players 
um, just trying to get opportunities, whether it's in the East Coast Hockey League or the American Hockey League and ultimately the NHL. So, um, yeah, it's just it, it, this business kind of never ends. It's it's 24-7 around the clock. It's just um, now there's less hockey to watch in person and more hockey to, to kind of plan uh, for the future. It definitely sounds like you have a dream job that most people would love to have. How did you first get involved in sports, and where did your passion for sports start? No, that's a very good question. I would say it came from my grandfather first, uh, primarily. Uh, originally, I was born in England and came to the States uh, when I was about eight years old in, in 1996 or so. And uh, prior to that, I was a big, I grew up just all immersed in, in the English Premier League and Arsenal Football Club, which uh, is, a, is an excellent soccer program. But uh, so that kind of exposed me to the world of sports and, and kind of how magical it was. And then got over to the States and my grandfather here, who is American, uh, kind of got me set up as a hockey player. And he was a hockey player himself. So he, he kind of outfitted me with equipment and got me out on the ice, threw me out there and, and kind of, kind of really was my first kind of coach and mentor and it kind of all went from there. I mean, I, I just grew to love the game of hockey and love the lessons that it, that it taught me as a player and, and life lessons, big picture things. Um, so that's kind of how I, I kind of, I guess, got involved in the world. And then I realized after I was done playing in college that I still wanted to be involved. It was still very much my passion. It was what I loved to do. And uh, really, there's there's nothing better than that. So uh, that's kind of the path I took. Well, I, I imagine growing up playing the game and playing uh, through college and then uh, finding the job that you have now, you've, you've encountered some things that are a struggle. Um, I'd love for you just to t- kind of touch upon some of the, the things that are the biggest struggle for you and how you've worked through those, uh, both your playing career and, and now in your new role. Yeah, I mean, I think um, some of the stuff that we're actually dealing with this time of year is actually strikes a chord with, with kind of the, the strugglers, things that are a little more complicated, uh, just being that uh, a lot of teams, you start to realize that their their development models um, to get players on to the next level uh, might not really be aligned with the player itself. So the player himself, of course, herself, they are looking to go on to the next level and get to the highest level possible, whether it's NCAA in college or it's uh, the professional level. And a lot of these junior hockey programs, you know, their, their coaches are very focused on the now, focused in the moment, and focused on their own club. So a lot of times they don't really recognize that a player, it might benefit them to move on to, whether it's the USHL from another junior league, junior A club in Canada, uh, where you know, the club will be able to say that they sent their player onto the USHL or the Western Hockey League or they sent them on to um, NCAA college. Uh, so that's kind of a struggle that we kind of deal with and that I deal with in my day-to-day job is, is just kind of managing those expectations and making sure that a player gets to the right right fit for them uh, where the coaches kind of values and um, goals are kind of in line with the player player himself and, and making sure that those jive and that it's best for the player. And I think, um, you know, growing up playing the game, you kind of see that a little bit um, when you see, you know, the junior clubs and, and kind of how they operate. And, you know, it's very much a team has a budget and it's, it comes down to money 
and marketing and, and getting people to come watch the hockey, watch the product. Uh, but at the same time, there's this second component that's obviously the most important, and that's the players themselves. It's the players playing the game. It's the, the players who, you know, the fans are coming to see. And it's the players at the end of the day who are putting, you know, their body on the line and, um, you know, really, really behind the scenes doing all the work. So, you know, I think for us, that's our primary role is to help support the player and, and get them to where they want to be. I would imagine um, having grown up playing the game and now in your role where you have a, a good idea of what the business side of the game is all about, that you have a different perspective than most most players and most people involved in this sport. Um, so from, from that perspective, what do you think are some of the most important issues that are facing hockey today? Yeah, I mean, I think primarily you look at, I would say, two major things, I think. Number one is the future of NCAA and, and how that's all going to pan out with uh, the O'Bannon case. And you, you've seen kind of the landscape kind of changing. With, with It started off, I think, with football. Um, and then it, it kind of goes across all the big ticket uh, athletics at different campuses, but across the NCAA. Uh, but now you're starting to see as hockey as a major player, um, how is that going to affect, uh, you know, student athletes and are they going to, receive any more benefits down the road that are beneficial to them as, as student athletes, you know, whether it's improved housing and, and meals and, and education, the whole package. Um, and, you know, while they're on campus, do they have the, the necessary resources that they need to be successful? And, and I think you also look at that in terms of marketing and how a school, you know, markets the player. And, you know, there's other cases such as, you know, the video games, and how, you know, using an athlete's likeness in the video game and how that whole scenario kind of fits into the NCAA and college model. So it's going to be really interesting to see kind of the direction that that goes uh, with the NCAA and kind of their take on it and if anything might change. And that's kind of twofold with the CHL, which is the Western Hockey League, Ontario Hockey League, and the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, which are, are professional leagues. Uh, in comparison to NCAA, which are amateur athletics, you look at the two of them and you play one game in the CHL and your, your amateur status as an NCAA college hockey player is done, you, you will never be able to play one game of NCAA hockey without going through the full legal process and it becomes very, very hard to do. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that might change and and anything down the road, I mean, I'm thinking 10 plus years down the road, it's going to be a long-term, you know, kind of process to, to see how it plays out. But uh, definitely kind of excited to see how things change here and within the next five years or so. So that'd be number one in my mind. And, and number two would be concussions and just that role of, of I guess, more increased exposure and knowledge and, and people are becoming more aware in terms of concussions and the awareness has become great and you know with the NFL and the NHL and you're seeing a lot of the a lot of these sports that are you know physical sports you know just uh, all the cases that are coming through whether it's it's a lot of ex former players or so that are retired and they're experiencing symptoms in their their retirement and they're going in there they're addressing this and going to the league and saying hey you need to acknowledge that that we, you know, put our life, put our life and our 
livelihood on the line. And, and um, you know, now we're kind of facing the consequences of it. And in post-retirement, now that the game's done, you know, our our, our mind and, and that kind of rolls into depression. And there's there's all sorts of studies out there for a variety of things and kind of how concussions affect uh, the human mind and body. But uh, I, I think that's definitely uh, at the forefront there of, of kind of, you know, an important issue that's kind of neglected. And with the concussion movie with uh, Will Smith, I think he brings he brings awareness to that, that that's maybe more commonplace that, that, that you know, your everyday ordinary American or, or Canadian wouldn't necessarily think about. Well, I think those are two excellent um issues that, that you focused on there. And I think it's exciting to see the NCAA make some changes. Um, I know that I believe that this coming year they're going to allow baseball players to have agents. I think that would be pretty exciting if they introduced that into hockey. I'm not sure what your stance on that is, but I would think the more uh, information players can get, the better off they'll be. And then along with the, the concussion, it's, it's very interesting to, to see how NCAA and the CHL are kind of the two – um, entities are kind of getting by without having a lawsuit right now, but it's got to be coming down the pipe because um, their athletes face the same types of injuries and, and concussion problems that the professionals face. Um, so I think those are two really important issues to, to keep an eye on, and I think those have the potential of changing the game on, on, on all levels. Yeah, exactly. With the, with the helmet safety and, and different regulations there, I think they're going to see some more improvements, but there's only so much you can do on that end. Um, I think now they're both the concussions and the future of the NCAA and how that relates to hockey and, and family advisors. They're both interesting. They're both real issues, and I think they're both issues that are, are going to need to be addressed you know, moving forward for, for players. So besides those two really important issues that have some uh, potential exciting things happening down the way, especially with the NCAA, um, what are you really excited about right now uh, going into the future for, for hockey and for Blue Line and, and for yourself personally? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, right now I'd say I, I'm so enthusiastic about my own guys and, and the players that I work for. Um, I think that's the most exciting thing for me is just being able to see them grow, you know, to where you, you meet these, these young players and young men when, when they're starting out their career. And to be able to see them go from A to Z and, and realize the process, you know, they go to, they go and they play junior hockey and then to see them get that college commitment at the NCAA level and you're waiting, you're kind of anticipating, you're working with them, trying to help them, you know, get there. And then once they get there to be able to realize that and, and see that um, when they get there to, to college campus and, um, they get out there on the ice, and, and you really see them in their student athletes. Um, that's most exciting to me is, is seeing all that hard work from the player and uh, from me and my assistants on my end. You know, really come to fruition and, and see that. Um, you know, the most the most fun thing that for me is, is seeing these players and watching them play and, and being mentor to them, and you know, just just the whole process. From you know, watching them and seeing them grow and develop as people. So. You know, and then also, obviously, the the professional side of things in the agency type capacity is is seeing your guys go on to the pro the pro game, whether it's going out and trying for trying out for the National Hockey League with a club, or going to development camps across the country uh, with an NHL program, or getting that American Hockey League contract to where they can go there, they can play the game, 
and uh, they can work toward their dream, and which is NHL ultimately. And um, just working with them, you know, to, to extend their career and seeing them be happy, you know, doing what they love to do. Uh, so, I mean, I think that's the most rewarding thing for me. And then um, another thing that I think is really exciting is is hockey at the professional level for women and just seeing that, that kind of grow and, and growing the game and seeing the strides that women are making um, to, to get to that level where, where they're looked at as the same of men. Uh, I think it's it's got a long way to go, but it, it's still kind of at the grassroots level. But it's something that's it's very exciting just being able to kind of watch that and, and see that kind of unfold and, and, and have women really, really get appreciated for, for being really good, outstanding athletes and, and, and all that. Those are definitely uh, some really exciting things on the future. And um, you, you touched upon a little bit about the different athletes that you work with and that have hired you. And uh, I'm not sure how many people are aware, but in hockey, you're usually going after pr- prospective clients um, pretty young. So you have to deal with the, the athlete and the parents. And I'm sure that there's a lot of unknowns when they're 14, 15 years old, trying to figure out whether or not they're going to go the major junior route or the NCAA route. Um, so I'm sure you have a lot of questions and, and uh, concerns that you face with dealing with parents and athletes. And what, what, is, what is some of the advice you would give an athlete and their parents uh, when they're going through that journey and whether or not they need a family advisor and, and how to go about selecting one of them? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think in my, from my perspective, you see athletes and the parent as one unit, their family, their it's the group. It's obviously the athletes on his own doing performing on the ice, but then parents are very much as involved. I mean, they've put a lot of resources, whether, you know, it's financially with the equipment and travel and, and hockey can be a very expensive sport to play and participate in. Um, so I really see the athlete and the parent kind of as one team. And, and that's kind of where I come in to work at kind of a cohesive effort with, with the player and the parent so all those um, the visions are aligned and, and it's, it's sharing the same goals and values. Uh, but my advice, you know, for an, an athlete, a young hockey player, and his parents would be, you know, you got to be patient. It's really it's a marathon. It's it's not a sprint. Um, at 14, 15, 16 years old, you you don't know how a player is going to develop. You don't know how he's going to grow physically, uh, mentally. Uh, there's a lot of different variables that, that go into a young player. Uh, you know, progressing and, and doing what they love. And they realize, you know, growing up, it's all fun. It's That's the way it should be. It's, it's the way the game should be played. It should be about playing for, for the love of the game. But then at a certain point, when you when you start to play junior A hockey, the player starts to realize that, that hey, this is a business. And the team, the, the organization as a club, is, is looking out for their interests on the business side. And then seeing a player kind of realize that their role in that and how, how they can have a voice and have a say. Um, so, I mean, those, those would be my advice is, you know, you've got to find the right fit for you as a player. And that would be, you know, whether it's finding the right city geographically, that's a good fit for you. It's, it's finding the right club that's going to provide you with the tools and resources that you need to be successful. Um, and that's the gym, that's, that's off the ice, that's the coaching that's a lot of different variables and you know these players need to need to find good coaches that are going to kind of take them under their wing and give them what they need to be successful and to help them grow um, as people 
And I think um, a lot of coaches obviously take pride in that and being able to mentor players and, and grow them as people. And um, that's something special, I think, about the, the sport of hockey is, is you see that a lot. Um, just the the fabric of the game and the nature of the game is is very humble and um, a lot of players are they're very mature at a young age and I think it's something special uh, but you still have to you know provide advice and, and make sure that a player knows that they got to take their time and you know there's no right or wrong answer it's usually in, in terms of where they're going to be it's you take it one one week one day at a time and and one year at a time and and that's so that's the only way to look at it. I mean, there's no way to to project or look into the future where you're going to be or NHL dreams and pro dreams. I mean, right now it's it's playing in the moment and focusing on the now. That that would be my advice for for an athlete and a parent. So um, I, I guess as a player and all you young hockey players out there listening and families as well, is it, kind of what are they going to look for um, when hiring a, a family advisor or hiring an agent at some point when when the timing's right for them. Um, I mean, I think you look at just a few things. You look at trust. Can you trust? Can you trust the person? Uh, number two, honesty. Are they are they honest? Are they gonna be straight shooters? Are they gonna make sure uh, that you're hearing the full story, the full perspective, everything that's happening, kind of behind the scenes, and that there's no information missing? Uh, number three would be reputation. Uh, how is their reputation within the industry? Are are they respected within the hockey world? It's it's a very small world. And you want someone going to bat for you that, that's going to do things the right way. Uh, number four, accessibility. Are they are they going to be there for you? Um, are they going to be the, the guy that you never hear from? Are they going to be the, the person that, that you can text, you know, at all hours of the night or call? Or are they just going to be available and open ear uh, whenever you need them? And lastly, um, do you matter as a player? Uh, are Are you... Are you a big focus for for that agent or that advisor? Are you are you one of the, you know the numbers that you know that, that the player works with? Um, you know, there's only 690 NHL players in the league, so you kind of got to find that right fit for you. Uh, it, you know, to, to kind of get there. And I know with a lot of the typical agency structures, you, you know, there's there's large agencies and the single driver for those guys. And those firms is the increasing number of players, you know, that they're trying to get under contract. And I think a lot of agents and advisors, you know, they treat the business as a numbers game and, you know, basically a long-term annuity approach. And, and for me, you know, it's much more personalized. Um, I think I do, and Blue Line Sports Management does an excellent job of assessing talent. Uh, it's, it's highly personalized. You know, we try to put a roadmap together for the player to achieve their maximum success, you know, both on and off the ice. And uh, more than anything, I think we're, we're here as mentors. We, we want to to take these young players under under their, our wing and, and educate them and, and give them what they need to be successful. So, you know, that's the last thing I really say about, um, you know, kind of how we help our players. Well, that's fantastic advice. And I would imagine that mirrors uh, the same type of um, – journey that you go on as an entrepreneur and as a business owner and and someone that started their own uh, agency. So I imagine while you're taking it one day at a time and and you have your goals set, there's got to be some things that you have struggled through. I would love for you just to highlight some of the things that you struggled through and how you've dealt with those while building Blue Line up to a great company with a great reputation that it has today. No, absolutely. I think um, the, the, the biggest thing that that's 
difficult as, as originally breaking into this sports industry when when you're a young um, you're a young entrepreneur, uh, not having too much experience directly in the in the hockey business. Uh, you have to start somewhere, and I realize right now there's there's a lot of older agents and family advisors that are kind of moving on in their career and. Um, I really think that opens a really good opportunity to for for the young young guys and and a good opportunity for for new agents and advisors who are running business and and doing things the right way to come into the business and make their mark and and be successful and and um, I, I think that's really the the challenge for me was was just starting out and getting started and, and forming those relationships. Um, now that we're you know five five years into it or so. We we have those connections. It's a lot of networking. It's it's meeting people. It's FaceTime. It's it's going and meeting the coaches and the general managers directly in person and, and shaking their hands and, and grabbing some coffee with them or lunch or whatever it might be to to build those relationships. And and a lot of that takes time. It's a lot of travel, uh, so that can be difficult. It, it's just a tough business to to break into. And the only way you can do that is you know by kind of getting your getting your foot in the water and dipping it in and then going from there. Uh, you have to learn as much as you can. I don't think the learning process ever stops. It's, it's continual. It's, it's a long journey. And uh, for me, I realized, you know, this is a 10 year plus plan here and there's no quick fixes. It's, um, you know, it's a very, it's a very humbling process as you start out. And I think, um, you know, you're away from your family quite a bit, which, which can be tough and, you don't maybe spend as much time with your family as you'd like, but you realize that there's little sacrifices along the way, you know, very much like the young hockey player makes sacrifices and, you know, with, you know, growing up playing the game and there's a lot of travel involved too. So, you know, I, I don't see it being any different than that. It's, uh, it's just a fun business to be in though. And, and, and that's why I like it. It's, it's a passion of mine. I love it. And I wouldn't have it any other way. But now that uh, Blue Line has reached their five-year mark and established themselves as, as one of the the gold standard among some agencies, and especially in the ethics world, I'm sure that you have a lot of people asking a lot of you and coming at you from every direction, and that you've probably had to learn how to say no. And um, I know I'm not very good at saying no to certain things. So uh, is that something you struggle with? Yeah, I mean, there, there's certain instances where you know, you'll, it's, it's kind of watching that number of clients that you're working with. Um, I think, you know, I need to be selective in my business, who I work with. I want to work with level-headed, mature young student athletes who, who have their head on straight. You know, they're good people. They're good citizens. They're humble. Uh, You know, they, they just have it together and they, and they kind of know where they're going um, and then being able to say no to some players, you know, that you that you see that come through, or, or players that are coming to you and asking for your advice, or asking how to get to the next level, and asking for you to help them, uh, you can't always accept, you know, and say yes to that. I mean, you have to see them play first. You have to see that they are physically what you're looking for on the ice, and then most importantly, you have to meet them in person and spend time with them and get to know them and make sure that they're good people and that they're, you know, they've got their, their head on straight and they're going in the right direction. So just being, being able to, to be selective and, and kind of make sure that you have the similar goals there is very important. And it's, we're not just going to, 
say we're going to work with anybody, we, we have to work with, with the right people. Um, and that comes down to the player and the family as well. So it makes our job easier, obviously, when when the player and their family are uh, aligned with you as, as their agent and advisor and just making sure that you're all kind of going in the same direction, moving together uh, for that common goal. Well, as you said, you, you're forced to go on the road and meet a lot of different people, whether it's players or coaches or GMs. And it take, takes you away from uh, your hometown of Denver. That's um, got to be pretty difficult. I live in Denver as well, and I know how great it is. But uh, for those that haven't been here, what, what do you love most about the city? Oh, I absolutely love Denver. It's, it's a great place to be. I love the Mile High City. Um, there's so many things here. I mean, the, the city itself is a great city. It's growing so rapidly. Uh, there's so many things to do outside. You know, I love the active lifestyle. The mountains are only an, about an hour away, uh, which is a quick drive. And there's so many things you can do in the mountains. Uh, the skiing is great. I grew up skiing. I have a huge passion for that. So I try to get in as many days as I can when I'm not traveling. Uh, same with camping in the summer. That's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, spending time on the lake, you know, whether it's boating, paddle boarding, just, just being active. And uh, it, it really helps, you know, to recharge after a lot of the season and, and traveling and going to a lot of colder climates too. Um, so, I mean, I love the sunshine, 300 days of sunshine here. And uh, it's definitely a football town. We love our Denver Broncos here. Uh, and, you know, um, it's a good hockey town too. And it, it's really cool just being able to see how the game's kind of grown here from, from 1995 when, when the avalanche came to town and, and now seeing where they are two Stanley cups later uh, is it, pretty special. And, you know, I don't think I'd rather be any other place. It's, it's a very entrepreneurial town. There's a lot of young young people here moving here. And uh, the energy just around town is, is phenomenal. And, and being able to see the growth of, of that has been special to me. And just also you're just knowing that, you know, the mountains are right in your backyard and you can get out and escape, you know, whenever you, whenever you want. Yeah, we, we've definitely been blessed with a lot of uh inspiration either from the, the natural um, formations of the, the mountains and the valleys and the desert and just everything that has to offer all the way down to the, the athletes that we've been blessed to have here, whether it being Peyton Manning or Joe Sackett or Patrick Waugh or Peter Forsberg. They're all um, in, very inspirational guys. Is there somebody that really inspires you? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the person that really got the wheels turning for me and got me interested in the hockey and the player representation business uh, was Don Baisley. Uh, and I don't know if a lot of people know about Don Baisley or, or the job that he did, but he was primarily based out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't have a corporate style, commercial style firm by any means. He, he had more of a legal background and uh, he, he was really a smaller mom and pop type boutique, you know, sports management operation. And, um, he kind of, I think stumbled upon the business more than anything. And, and, um, luckily all the relationships that he formed along the way with, with players like Theo Fleury and, and Timo Swanee and, and a lot of the fin Finnish players, uh, was, was phenomenal. And, and, you know, the thing that really inspired me with him is, is just, his reputation within the business. I mean, he was known as, as a very honest guy with integrity and ethics, and he did everything the right way. I mean, no one could say anything bad about Don Baisley. And unfortunately, he's, he's no longer with us, but um, I think he left a, a lasting legacy and impact on, on the hockey business. 
and you talk to anybody in, in the NHL and across the whole hockey world, which is a very small world itself, uh, and they will speak highly of Don and, and their whole experience with him. And, and just hearing stories from, from everybody, uh, whether it's players, management, uh, coaches, everybody that Don touched along the way um, was phenomenal. And, and the relationships he formed with his players. And really, he was a friend to his players. Um, he was a mentor. He was, he was there for them, you know, in their darkest times with whatever it might be. And then he was also there in their triumphs and, and watching them, you know, he watched them succeed and, and go win the Stanley Cup and, and, and stuff like that. So just um, definitely an inspirational guy for me and a guy that, that I really choose to model my business after and, and doing it the right way. Um, secondly, I'd also have to say Don Fear, actually, who, who's currently the executive director of the National Hockey League Players Association. I think prior to his time in, in the NHL, he, he spent 33 years uh, with the Major League Baseball Players Association. And uh, I recently had a chance to see him at the Sports Lawyers Conference in Los Angeles this year. Just seeing him speak, he, he ended up winning the... Um, 2016 Award of Excellence awarded by the Sports Lawyers Association. And just seeing the, the legendary status that he's achieved, um, and it's for the right reasons. It's, it's for, you know, his patronage to his players, his, his focused efforts on, on building active participation for his players, you know, through the union. I mean, he travels extensively to meet and consult with players around the league. And just seeing his, his you know, him really wrap his arms around around the the NHL players and the way they they receive him and, and appreciate him and his role and what he does for the players and and really he's a rallying force for the players so just seeing that um, so I mean I think those two guys both by the name of Don <laughs> are guys that I that I really look look up to and and really you know see myself uh, trying to emulate if, if anything well I don't think you could have picked any two better. Uh individuals that have done more for the players' rights and protecting players in the sport of hockey. And um, I've worked in hockey for a little while now, and I, I have to echo your, your sentiment that I haven't heard anyone say a single bad thing about either of the Dons. Um, so I, I, <laughs> you, can't, you can't get any better than that. I agree completely. Uh, so I like to wrap up my interview with asking kind of a, a fun question to all my guests. And uh, if you could have witnessed anything um, what would you have wanted to see? Well, I think it would come down for two two main things for me, um, which you know, seeing as a, as a when I was growing up, I wasn't able to obviously be a part of it. But, but the two things that, that I would love to go back and kind of be on the fly on the wall to, to see would be the years of the 1980s uh, Edmonton Oilers clubs and, and all those cup runs, you know, with with the legends uh, Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, uh, Yari Curry. Um, those type of guys back, um, you know, back when they were just uh, very much a dynasty back then. And, and just seeing that and seeing the success that those guys had as a group, as a team, and and being a part of that, watching the actual game, seeing them play. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, second, secondly would be, would have to be, no question, the 1980 uh, Olympic gold medal game in Lake Placid. Uh, just being able to see, you know, Herb Brooks, the coach out there and, and, a lot of those young college players go and, and beat the, beat the professional, beat the Russians, uh, you know, guys like Vladislav Tretiak and, and guys like that, just, just being able to see that in person um, 
it was truly the miracle on ice. I mean, it, nothing I don't think could could be better than that. But obviously, it's the stuff of legends now. But being a part of that and seeing that the whole process would be would be unreal. Two two historical moments in hockey for sure, and um, I wish I could have seen saw those as well. Um, but Ben, I want to thank you uh, for taking the time out of your busy day. Uh, come and talk to us and kind of shed some light on what you do and, and give some advice to some young athletes and parents out there that are going through some difficult uh, situations trying to figure out how best to move their career forward. So uh, thank you, and um, hopefully we can have you back again. And uh, it's, it's been a real pleasure. You're welcome. You're welcome, Ryan. I appreciate you having me here. And, you know, you've been a great friend of me and a business partner and a mentor and, a, and everything you could possibly imagine. Um, great resource for everybody here in the legal world and, and everything. Well, that was our interview with Ben Robinson, and I would like to thank him again for taking the time to join us, and I hope that you enjoyed uh, our interview and got a little bit of insights and learned a little bit about the business side of sports. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to Ben, uh, he, he has said that you're more than welcome to shoot him an email. His email is brobinson at blueline-sports.com. Uh, he can also be found at blueline-sports.com is his website. He's also on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and Facebook as well. Uh, and please feel free to reach out and follow us as well. We're at beyondplaybook.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at Beyond the Playbook and our uh, Instagram and Facebook as well. And you can always shoot us an email at info at beyondplaybook.com. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join us next time.